I think the most, the biggest misconception I think that we we fall into is finding people who who are just so mired in habit, uh, negative habit, and think that um, you know I can't change. I can't. Yes, you can. I'm proof. You know, there's so many people out there that are proof. I didn't mean to be proof. Uh, you know, if you're in if you're in good shape, don't let yourself go go just to you know fight yourself <laughs> fight your way back. <laughs> don't bother. A, a body in motion is better off than motion. So uh, just stay in motion. But if you're if you're like I am, I was, um, and needed to needed to undergo change, don't don't let anything stop you. Never let somebody else's limits become your own. Never, never. Uh, so many people want to tell you you can't. Oh, that's that's crazy idea. No, you could never do that. Don't ever listen to those voices. They are not your people. So here's the question, how do runners like us remain active, get stronger, and heal from injuries without being told to stop running and create a healthy life for ourselves so we can continue to hit PRs well into our 40s and 50s? This is the question, and this podcast is the answer. My name is Dr. Dwayne Scotty, physical therapist, running coach, and creator of Spark Physical Therapy, where we help active adults be able to run without aches and pains so you can feel good about yourself again. Welcome to the Healthy Runner Podcast. All right, Healthy Runners, good evening. It is Monday Night Spark Live. We are here for another episode of the Healthy Runner Podcast. And this one is going to be a really, really neat, neat story for you guys. Uh, we have Scott Richardson here from New Freedom Fitness. Welcome, Scott. Hello. Hello, everybody. It's really a pleasure to be here. Thank you very much. So in this episode, guys, Scott is going to be sharing his pretty amazing story on how he overcame many obstacles and found his purpose. So... Scott's relatively new to our community, actually. And I remember when he did uh, sign up to the Healthy Runner Facebook group, I usually ask um, for people that sign up kind of, what do you want to learn about running? And then I usually ask, um, do a little welcome. And I remember, uh, Scott, your kind of welcome message. And, you know, you kind of went into some of your story. And I was like, wow, this is a pretty amazing story. So we started, you know, going back and forth, got into a little conversation. And I, I really thought that Scott's story either will, for some of you, you might be able to resonate with different parts of his story. But even if you don't resonate with the specifics, I think many of us are going through struggles, whether or not um, they're personal, they're mental, they're physical, they're right. We all have struggles in life. And I think hearing Scott's story on how he overcame many, many obstacles and struggles, I think can be helpful. And I'm sure that Scott's going to be able to share some kind of tips and, and just hearing kind of how he overcame those things is going to be able to help you in your running. So Scott, you've been listening to the podcast now for a couple episodes. So, you know, we always start our episodes with a nice little dynamic warm up. So 
for our warm up. Tell us where are you from and what do you do? Well, I'm from the home of State Farm. It's uh, Bloomington, Normal, Illinois. We're about a hundred miles southwest of Chicago, and um, uh, middle of the best corn and soybean uh, land in America. Um, and that's no brag. That's the truth. And uh, what I do now is uh, I was a, a journalist, in a local newspaper for 32 years, and I retired. And um, I still write for magazines. I was write, writing for magazines uh, for about 25 years, mostly outdoor fishing kind of thing. And then um, when I uh, got into retirement, I switched over and started writing for USA Triathlon. So uh, I've been uh, able to continue that. It's more pleasure. And I've, I've never really worked a whole day in my life. I have fun and somebody pays me for it. So I still get to do it and um, I really enjoy that. And then, um, you know, I've got uh, USAT coaching, USA, uh, US Masters uh, swimming coaching. And recently I've um, got my NASA personal trainer certification so I could learn more about how to put strength, better apply strength in uh, my training. That's great. Uh... And I'm sure we're going to get into a lot more of your journey, but let me just give a little shout out to some people, man. You're getting a strong, strong following here, Scott. We got a lot of people jumping on the live. Matt is here. So Matt from UCAN says, oh, oh. hey, Scott, he just uh, read the story that you sent in to UCAN. He says, amazing journey. And that's so funny, Matt, because uh, we were just talking. I was talking with Scott before we went live. And he was saying that he found uh, your product based upon our interview. That's so right. for those of you who didn't listen to the UCAN podcast interview with Matt Bach, uh, check that one out. If you're looking uh, to prevent bonking with running and getting that long run fuel. And I know uh, Scott has said that he's uh, felt amazing on the UCAN. So shout out to you, Matt. Thanks for coming on the show. And yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing Scott's uh, story here, Matt. Um, it's definitely intrigued me as well. And that's why he is here today. So Scott, tell us, why do you like to run or why do you like to work with the running community? Well, running is so primeval, isn't it? Do you remember when you were a kid and the first time you ran? I do. Um, it, it was competitive. Uh, I remember running Miss Campbell in kindergartens, took us out on the playground one day and said, should we have a race? And I said, yeah. And she said, okay, run to the fence. So we all ran to the fence and back and I beat Buddy Wall and uh, I beat them all actually. And, I, and it just felt so good. It just felt so right. And so running, biking, swimming, all these things that I did as a kid, it's, it's released that, that, in, that, that inner child. And um, I found joy in it. And uh, so, you know, and there's a lot of other reasons, you know, mental, physical, spiritual it all comes together and running does that and the running community the endurance community uh, matt's matt's a, an iron man you know th that whole sense of 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 purpose and uh you know we compete yes but if you've ever been uh, uh you know at these at these races people are saying hey you're looking good you're doing great you know you're cheering on the, the people that you're in the race with and uh, how wonderful is that? Uh, so and I don't know too many too many other sports that people are so mutually supportive and 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 compassionate towards the the challenges that we go through. Nobody gets to the starting line alone. Nobody crosses the finish line by themselves. And um, 
So it's that whole sense of community. That's one of the things that drew me to the Healthy Runner was the community that I found here on Facebook. Enthusiastic. That's what I really like. Indeed. Well, we're glad you found us and that I can relate to that um, yesterday. So we're doing um, a half marathon training program and we're doing socially distant uh, group runs. And I was running uh, with one of our members um, yesterday for our long run. And we were talking about our first full marathon experience and she ran only one and I've only run one in my um, running career thus far. And I was thinking back to, as you mentioned, that kind of the family support. And I just remember, you know, my wife, my two girls there um, at the finish line, even though I cramped up because I didn't know about UCAN um, back then, Matt, I was not fueling as I should have in terms of my hydration and my electrolytes. So I did cramp up mile 20 and I literally ran through cramps for you know, six miles. And, but it was the family support, like you said, Scott, at the end of the race that was there for me. And it's, it's not only you as an individual and that's, that's the goal of our healthy runner community here. So I am glad that you are here now. Take us, take us back way back. Um, so you talked about the first time that you started running. How about in your childhood and early adulthood? Were you always someone who was kind of healthy during that time period? No, um, but I always worked. I always was an, I was an athlete, but I wasn't healthy. There's a major difference. <laughs> and yeah, so what do you mean by that? Well, I rode a bike. Uh, my dad bought me a used Schwinn with the uh, sprock, uh, with the uh, sprocket, uh, the shock absorber on the front of the handlebars. Uh, for, I don't know, my eighth birthday was, it was oversized, too big for me. I rode that thing everywhere. Uh, always had a baseball glove on the, on the handlebars. Always looking for a game. Always played organized uh, baseball. Um, and uh, I caught, I loved being in every, every pitch. I loved being in, I loved the game. But I remember my first coach uh, that was really good, uh, Mr. Price. I was probably 10 years old, maybe 11. He said, you know, you got to lose some weight. And I was already, um, you know, foreign victim to, uh, you know, eating too much, bad, bad nutritional habits. My mom was a working mom back in the days before microwaves and uh, fast food. We got a lot of hot dogs, a lot of hamburgers, a lot of bread, a lot of, a lot of potato chips, you know, food became um, a way of, food is fuel, but that wasn't the message that I got. And that's not the message a lot of people get, you know, uh, food became comfort. The Buddhists talk about hungry ghosts, you know, um, trying to find things outside of ourselves to fill that hole that we feel inside. And food was my first. So I was always up and down, up and down. Uh, high school, I got on the swim team, got down. At that point in time, I ran uh, in order to be in shape for swimming. And, uh, but I enjoyed it. I mean, I really still enjoyed it. I loved it. I had a good friend uh, who'd been a pitcher uh, when I was a catcher, and we ran a lot because we were both on the swim team. Uh, so it was fun. And he was a cross-country runner, so uh, he could show me the, the places to go that were fun with something to look at, you know. And so that planted that seed, too. Um, but when I went to college, it was, you know, carbs, <laughs> carbs on top of carbs, and then beer. And then, you know, it was just, uh, you know, it was just – up and down and then up higher and then up higher. And that was, that was the pattern that, that I followed 
most of my life. Uh, I would lose weight and then nobody would, you know, every, everybody says diet and exercise. I never heard that second word. So it was always on this roller coaster of, you know, eating, dieting, and then, you know, falling back into old habits, and coming back and coming back, you know. So um, finally, in 2005, 2004, Christmas of 2004, that promo picture that you, you put up, um, that is from Christmas of 2004 when my dear mother, who, uh, who would always say that old age ain't for sissies, insisted on getting a picture. I thought my brother always dwarfed me. I stayed away from mirrors, you know, and, and, um, but there was no escaping that JPEG when it got sent to me. I opened it up and I thought, oh my Lord. <laughs> and I had weighed in about 370 something uh, a year or two before that. So I don't know what I weighed totally, but I had a 50 inch waist. I was, I was a hefty, hefty guy. I, I made a commitment in January of 2005 that I was going to lose it again. I was 54. I've been sober 16 years at that point. So I knew I could change. I, I mean, I had a history. I, you know, I went from being a four pack a day smoker to none on April 4th of 1988. I quit smoking and doing drugs on October 2nd of 1988. So I knew that I could make changes and I'd lost a hundred, I'd lost up to a hundred pounds before. So I knew I could do it. It was the question was, would I, and how? Coincidentally enough, three guys from the uh, bike club, local bike club came up. They wanted me to promote a, a story about the bikes change lives. They wanted to give three bikes to people and uh, then have me follow them for the ne next several months. And how would that change them uh, physically? Well, they wanted to give me one, but I, I, that was unethical. But I thought, you know, I love, I used to like biking. So I went out and bought one. And here I am in a t-shirt and jeans, uh, riding with uh, on a hybrid bike, um, riding with uh, kids, what I consider kids, in spandex, yeah, and on, on road bikes, and I'm cussing up a storm, brother, trying to keep up with them. Um, so that's I, that's how you actually started getting out again. I started. Uh, was with the group. So at this point, let's just kind of put things into perspective here. So at that point, you think you were kind of close to almost 400 pounds? Oh, I had to be. I was at 370. Oh, wow. I was at 370 a couple of years before that, and I did nothing to change. So I, I knew I, I had to be up over somewhere in that neighborhood. But wow. And this was, you said, December of uh, 2004. And the reason why I remember that date is that's when uh, I got married, actually, oh, in December okay. 2004, which is really odd because you were telling me uh, we had some similarities yeah. in how I met my wife. And uh, so for those of you that haven't listened to the first episode in which I shared my story, I kind of shared how I met my wife through dance and dance was kind of my sport as a uh, child growing up and into kind of early adulthood. And you were also saying that you met your wife, right, through cycling. Yeah, through, on the bike. On the bike. Um, okay, so December 2004, um, you were at least 400 pounds. Uh, we there, we have the picture. We have the picture of the proof, right? Looks um, like proof to me. <laughs> so you started doing actually group rides, right? At that, so yeah. you didn't even like go go, you know, solo and try to like. Well, you I were, you were fine. You weren't um, embarrassed. Were you, 
was that hard yeah, to sure, do that in a group? Sure, you're embarrassed. Sure, you're embarrassed. So what? I mean, look, one of the things that I, I have a friend in recovery uh, that likes to say that we deal with problems in the, in, in the order in which they'll kill us. <laughs> and so I quit smoking. I quit drinking and doing drugs. And I finally got around the food. And so, you know, uh, uh, you know, there's embarrassment as, you know, seriously, I understand people that are embarrassed about this stuff. I, I totally have compassion. Nobody will have more compassion for people than, than me in that situation. But you can't let that stop you. You, you can't stop. The, there's all kinds of things your brain wants to tell you. But, for, but friends, when, when they close the coffin, only you are going to be in there. And so the way you live your life, how other people think about that, it does not matter what they look at you and say, oh, they're overweight. Who cares? You may be overweight today. That doesn't mean you're going to be overweight next year. You could be, you, you could lose quite a bit of weight in a year. I know. I lost enough weight in that first year that um, I felt confident going to a doctor that I was going to get a pat on the head. Oh, you're doing great. Keep it up. So I did. And then I got a call back and they said, well, we're going to send you to a urologist, Scott, because one of your, your tests, you know. <laughs> so I did. I went to a urologist. Sure enough, I had prostate cancer. And um, oh, my goodness. If I hadn't had, if I had not gotten onto the bike when I did, I would never have gone to a doctor. And if I had not gone to that doctor, that cancer would have, would have advanced to where, who knows. Um, so I think that the bike saved my life right then. Anyway, yeah, I was embarrassed, but, you know, these guys were great. They were wonderful people. Um, somebody would always hang back with Scott and listen to him swear. <laughs> And uh, so uh, they were just so kind. And um, it was one of those programs for beginners, just like you, just like you take people through, you know, we start, mm -hmm. we start small, we work up. That's the way they were working up. And they had a. Um, so this was working with a coach? No, uh, with the club. I mean, these are all, okay. these are all amateurs passing on what they've learned, but some of these people have been riding, you know, forever. So they knew a lot. Uh, yep. I rode with them and I did, I did that, I did that. And I, I ended up being what they called the, the best young dog, or uh, I think it was that I got a plaque and everything because I rode 3,500 miles. So how long did it take you to, to lose the weight? Well, it depends on what, depends on what benchmark you want to talk about. Um, I did, yeah. I did my first Ironman in 2011 and I did it at about 220, 225, somewhere in there. I was satisfied with that because that's, you know, the, that I uh, thirty uh, had a thirty-four inch waist, and you know, um, I was I was strong. I was satisfied with that. I did uh, Ironman uh, Wisconsin again in twenty thirteen. Now, was the Ironman was that something Ironman that you was, were doing for weight loss, or no? Once you started no, no, uh, kind of getting active, I got and at, lose. And then um, I I uh, had cancer, and I started riding the bike. Uh, for relay teams, um, a great guy here by the name of Jeff Wells uh, uh, raised money for Livestrong, and he had relay teams and triathlons. So I, I I rode the bike for a couple of years, and I loved the people. Uh, the they were great people. You know, I'm thinking about doing this triathlon, this whole deal, and I got a phone call, 
and it was from a coach from a vision quest out of Chicago. Uh, the, uh, he lived uh, here in Bloomington Normal, guy by the name of Stan Watkins. He worked for Vision Quest, which is Robbie Ventura's group. I don't know. Robbie Ventura was a, a bike racer. Uh, he has this cycling uh, triathlon coaching group in Chicago, and he has remote coaches around. Stan said, I'll help you. I, 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 you're making, you know, you're, you're, you're doing a lot of good sharing your story with people in your newspaper about your weight loss and fitness and all this. So I'm going to help you. I said, great. So I, he asked me what I wanted to do. What's your ultimate goal? And believe me, I don't know what made me say it. And I don't know. I, I wasn't going to about to say it out loud. So I almost whispered. I said, you think I can do an Iron Man? And he said, I remember his words. He said, yes, but not today. <laughs> so he said, we're going to make a three-year plan, Scott. Three years, you're going to commit to three years. The first year, you're going to do, a, you're going to do your a sprint. And the next year, you're going to do a half Ironman. And the next year, you're going to do Ironman. And so we went through the process, and I did. So, uh, so it did take you that three-year period to kind of go through. Yeah, it was a perfect plan. And that's, yeah, no, that's actually great um, in terms of sometimes people have these like grandiose goals, right? They just want to like do an Ironman, but they haven't really built up. So I like that you did uh, proper progression, like our fifth tip of healthy running, right? Oh. Kind of train smart with proper progression. So mm -hmm. I like to see that you did have that proper progression um, there. So Amen. now- did you also have a hip issue as well? I did. In 2013, when I went back, I, I said to Kathy, you know, I, I told her first, well, I'm done with Iron Man, right? Everybody says that right after. And then you can't wait to sign up. So I, I thought I'd give her a year off. In 20, uh, 2012, I did uh, Branson, seven uh, half Iron Man. Branson, Missouri in the, in the Ozarks. That was one tough race. Oh my gosh. Uh, but then in 2013, I went back, uh, I told Kathy, you know, I'd really like to do an Ironman healthy. Well, so I'm, so I'm running, running, uh, you know, uh, about mm, six weeks out from, from, and my hip starts to hurt. And I think hip flexor, right? I, I'll rest it, gonna taper. During the race, during the race, it just exploded. It was just like, oh my God, this, this hurts. <laughs> but I finished, I got all done and um, went to a doctor and the orthopedic told me that I had uh, AVN and that it was going to cost me my hip. And um, so that was in 2013 when he diagnosed it. I switched to a guy who was a triathlete and an orthopedic. Uh, he took, because uh, the first one said, you're going to have to have an E2. And the second one said, uh, no, the knee's going to straighten out. The kinetic chain will be okay when we fix your hip. Uh, your, your knee will be all right. And uh, I like that better. He fixed that in 2015. 2016 and 2017, I did um, half Ironman up at um, uh, Michigan Titanium, which is a great race if anybody's looking for one. 2018, I was supposed to do a half at um, Madison but it rained all night and um, it was pouring rain when we went over to, uh, to the transition and it was pouring rain when the rain was when the swim was supposed to start and they had to delay and delay and i was already shivering and i'm thinking you know with a fake hip and these hills i really don't want anybody crashing in front of me on the bike uh, and taking out my hip i don't i don't want to be crippled so 
So I skipped that and I came back and that's when I was able to uh, sign up for an ultra run that I always wanted to do late in the year, but I was always doing a triathlon. So that's when I got hooked on ultra running in 2018. I did a, yeah. I did a 50 K then a uh, 50 mile last wow. year at Hennepin. And I was supposed to do the hundred mile this, this October, but of course it's canceled. Wow. So Scott, you do have a total hip replacement. I do. Wow. Okay. So let me just bring this back to our listeners because uh, they probably were wondering what AVN is. So avascular necrosis Mm -hmm. is the condition that Scott's talking about. So most of you out there, maybe if you have a total hip or you've been told you may need one is usually due to the most common scenarios, hip osteoarthritis, kind of that wear and tear arthritis, the cartilage starts to wear away between your two bony surfaces of the ball and the socket joint. But what Scott had is something that's a little bit more rare where the blood flow to the actual, the ball, the femoral head starts to be compromised. And then the bone itself starts to die essentially. So they need to replace it with the titanium hip. Um, but that is one, one point that I think is important that you mentioned too, Scott, was that you went to one orthopedic and, and then you got a second opinion and you went to another one who uh, was triathlete. And that's something that a lot of the patients that I work with, um, that is something that they're looking for is someone who actually does the sport that you are doing, especially if you go to a medical practitioner and especially for runners, you know, I, I really try to recommend not to say that you won't get good care from someone who sees everything, but it is nice to have a medical practitioner, whether it's a PT, a chiro, a doctor, an ortho, um, who is active at least and can appreciate what exercise means to you or what running means to you or what triathlon training means to you. Because we take things in a different perspective. And I know for myself, for my patients, I'm not going to just come out and say, don't run. Right. So that that's always my last resort. And only if it's medically necessary that they need to go there. Um, whereas some medical practitioners who aren't active and who aren't runners may say, well, you've been running and you have some heel pain. Well, just stop running and the heel pain is going to go away. And, and they're right. It will. But what kind of quality of life is that for you? Right. If, right. if running is something you love, and or you're doing it to stay active or you're doing it to overcome challenges like Scott was doing, then, you know, you should have that as part of a lifestyle if that's what you're looking for. And there are better answers than to just stop doing those activities in order to get uh, better from your injuries. So I like the fact that you, you mentioned you did go and see another orthopedic. And then the other thing is for those that are listening, and if you do have a total hip replacement, uh, this is like my safety check here, um, because I also teach this uh, post-surgical content at uh, our university, is make sure that your surgeon um, and your replacement, that you actually can run on it. So depending upon the components, depending upon the approach, depending upon the surgeon, you might not be able to run on your total hip replacement, or you will suffer the consequences of it loosening. The components can loosen within your bone, and then you're going to have to go in and get a revision, which 
the outcomes are not as good the more replacements you get. So I just want to kind of put that safety check out there. And it sounds like Scott has done that. He found the surgeon that was able to provide him a hip that he can stay active and can run on. But I would say the majority of total hips out there, um, for the most part, you cannot run on unless you go to kind of a specialized surgeon like Scott did. So just in case some of you are listening and you have a total hip and you're like, hey, this guy is doing it. Why don't I go out there and do it? Um, I just wanted to put that little uh, notice of caution out there for everyone listening. Good, good disclaimer. I, uh, <laughs> I, um, I go in to see my orthopedic every year after whatever insanity I've gotten myself into this time. And they take x-rays. And this last time uh, after the 50 miler, he said uh, that he saw no difference between 2019 and 2018. Um, he told me when I got it that I paid for it, I should go use it up. Uh, one of the nice things about having, you know, one of the great things about this endurance sports, running, biking, swimming, there's so much to learn. Getting uh, my own coaching certificate when Stan, Stan re retired and uh, getting my own coaching certificate so that I could understand what was going on with my own body and how to how to fine tune it and how to listen to it. Um, sometimes I don't do such a great job. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's important to be in touch with really good people, knowledgeable folk. And it's important to have, to be egoless enough to be willing to ask the questions because you can't, you can't know it. We go to school for this stuff. So, uh, you need to ask questions. And if something doesn't sound right, get a second opinion. Ask somebody else. Keep asking. Keep asking. Read a book. Uh, there's all kinds of information out there that's wonderful. That, uh, so anyway, I just love this. Yeah, no. Great point. So, Scott, you kind of thank you for sharing your story, by the way. But you obviously have um, accomplished a lot and overcame um, more, you kind of mentioned, um, that you were battling weight issues kind of your whole life going up and down roller coaster wise. Um, you mentioned some alcoholism and drug addiction. Um, you mentioned kind of overcoming, getting a diagnosis of cancer, right? Prostate cancer, a total joint replacement. Um, so what advice would you give someone else? Um, if they recently had some bad news, whether it was any of those or maybe they're battling addiction, or if someone's going through some personal issues, work-related issues, physical, emotional, whatever it is, right? Everyone's got struggles. We all got struggles, especially during a pandemic, right? Some people are struggling right now. Um, how? What advice can you give or how do our running community, how do we continue to move forward in our health and our training? So I have a friend, um, he, he passed, he said, um, I think he quoted John Lennon. He used to say, uh, it's going to be all right in the end. And if it's not all right, it's not the end. So stay in the moment. Stay right here, right now. And ask yourself, what is it that I can do right here, right now to accomplish whatever goal it is that I have in mind that I want to accomplish? And do that. That's what you can do. Uh, the rest of it is just mental static. It just is... It's in your head and it's just creating fear and it does no good at all. Uh, I meditate a lot. I find I've 
been involved in meditation since uh, I got into recovery. So fear is a kind of ingrained. So, you know, the only way to overcome that really is to, is to understand that you don't have to give in to your thoughts. You do not have to believe them. They're not always true. Think about that. If you're thinking negative thoughts all, all day long, you're in trouble. So, so you got to learn to, you got, and it takes practice. It really does take practice. You got to stay in the moment right here, right now, the breath, you know, every breath and every breath becomes a miracle. Every, every moment becomes an active, you know, becomes an opportunity to be joyful and feel gratitude for being alive. And it's all led me to this understanding that life's too doggone short to be worried about it too much. You know, get in touch with that kid that went running to the fence when Miss Campbell said go. You know, get, have fun. You know, find things to do of worth, which is why I'm here. You know, this isn't about see me at all. Um, this is about if you get anything out of this at all, if you're in a hole, if you're in a dark place, don't stay there. Ask somebody for help. Reach out. I don't care what the addiction might be. I don't care what the problem might be. There's a solution and you can find it. If you want it bad enough, it's there. So reach out, ask questions, find the right people, stick around the positive, you know, like healthy runner, healthy runner community on Facebook. Great place. <laughs> or listening on the podcast. Yeah. All yeah. of our podcast listeners. No, that's great. Uh, Scott, thank you. That was, uh, that was pretty amazing. Things I kind of took from that is live in the moment. Um, don't let your thoughts get the best of you and realize that they are thoughts and you can overcome them. And the, the important thing you said, reach out, right? Reach out to resources, um, whether it's close family, friends, um, professionals, right? If you're dealing with addiction, um, reach out, there's help out there. So, I like that. And then even you mentioned uh, going back to Miss Campbell there and just, you know, think about, think about when you were a kid and you were doing it for fun. So what are the things that are going to make running fun for you? So I do talk to many people and they say, well, how do you run? You know, how do you, how do you, why do you make it look so fun? Right. It's not fun. Running isn't fun. And again, it kind of goes back to what you were just talking about, Scott, and your thoughts and, it depends what you associate with it, right? So however you need to make running a game, whether it is going on a track, whether it's going, you know, running a certain run like Fartlicks where you're running as fast to the stop sign as possible. And then you're going easy, right? Going with a friend, you know, listening to music, listening to a podcast, educating yourself. There's so many different ways that you can get out there and run um, have a good conversation with a friend. So even just like our group run yesterday, I usually never run with anyone. I'm usually listening to my podcast on my easy runs. And I'm listening to my pump up music during my hard effort runs. And yesterday's long run, I was having a great conversation. Mm -hmm. So I was having a great conversation with Carrie and the time just like flew by 10 miles, boom, was done. So, you know, there are so many different ways to get out there and do it, do, uh, be active. And I think that's kind of what Scott is talking about. So Scott, we're going to get into our final stretch here. Okay. So I asked all my guests here, if there's one thing that you can change about the misconception of running um, 
And I'm going to actually add this in here because we haven't talked about this on the podcast before, and you've kind of um, been very open about this um, or misconception about, I'm going to just plug in there addiction, um, either, or if you want to talk about running addiction, um, what, what would that be? I'm struck when I listen to podcasts uh, uh, from other people, mostly where they're talking to a lot of um, ultra runners or, or they're talking to um, you know, endurance uh, triathletes, where people start talking about pain. You know, they, they talk about it like, like it's a god. Uh, they're in pursuit of pain. Doesn't it sound insane to you just on the surface of it? I mean, uh, uh, the, uh, the psychologists have a name for that. They, <laughs> they call it masochism. I'm not a masochist. I'm not looking for pain. But um, embracing the struggle, embra embracing the fact that this is change isn't easy. Um, it's not going to be easy. You know, let's get that through our heads. Let's embrace that. Uh, um, and and then do it anyway. Uh, smart. Let's be smart. Let's get plans. Um, find coaches. Uh, find people who can help us um, put together a, a progressive plan for whatever goal it is that you're looking for. Um, but but the but the bottom line really to me is not about about seeking out pain and what it can teach me. It's about it's about embracing the pain is just is just part of the deal. It's, uh, you know, it's just, uh, uh, you know, the sweat and the, the tough exercise, the being on a bike and 400 pounds on a t-shirt and blue jeans surrounded by kids and spandex. It's just what it is. It's where you find yourself. And in order to get to where you want to be, you're going to have to go through that. And, uh, and uh, so I think the misconception is that, that we, we, we thirst for, we're looking for some, something that, that, the pain is an end and it's not, it's a, it, it's, it's just part of the, the whole process. And so, um, you know, smart pain, you know, general adaptation syndrome, you know, it's, we're going to have some, we're going to have some soreness, but, uh, you know, on the other side of it, uh, you know, you're going to be better for it. So, uh, that's, that's one misconception. I think the most, the biggest misconception I think that we we fall into is finding people who who are just so mired in habit, uh, negative habit, and think that um, you know I can't change. I can't. Yes, you can. I'm proof. You know, there's so many people out there that are proof. I didn't mean to be proof. Uh, you know, if you're in if you're in good shape, don't let yourself go go just to you know fight yourself <laughs> fight your way back. <laughs> don't bother. A, a body in motion is better off in motion, so uh, just stay in motion. But if you're if you're like I am, I was, um, and needed to needed to undergo change, don't don't let anything stop you. Never let somebody else's limits become your own. Never, never. Uh, so many people want to tell you you can't. Oh, that's that's crazy idea. No, you could never do that. Don't ever listen to those voices. They are not your people. Um, so anyway, that's, I guess my mistake. No, that, that's great. Thank you. You're dropping uh, wisdom here, left and right here. So I hope, I hope you guys are taking this in, especially if you are, um, you know, struggling and, you know, trying to get more active and it's been hard kind of getting going. So just kind of recapping here, Scott really shared 
kind of how he overcame alcoholism, drug addiction, obesity, cancer, total hip replacement. And now he found his purpose. As you can tell, he's very passionate about this. And, you know, he is helping others as a running coach himself now, as well as a personal trainer. So kudos to you, honestly, like I'm so big on lifelong learning and the fact that you are continuing, like you, you mentioned before, how old are you? Um, I'm one month shy of 69. Wow. <laughs> that's amazing. And he recently amazing became a personal trainer. I no, never, that's, I never thought I'd see 38. <laughs> so here we are. <laughs> that's fantastic though, because you're continuing to learn and you're continuing to grow. And I'm sure there are many runners who kind of learned something today and maybe would like to learn more or connect with you. How, how best uh, for them to kind of reach out to you? Um, my email address, um, I'm big on email, icemanbn at comcast.net. Uh, New Freedom Fitness is the name of, the, uh, of my uh, Facebook page. Uh, it's basically, I just started a, a couple of months ago when I um, got out of, uh, got my certification. It's basically right now just a digest of, of really good things, including uh, links to your podcast. And um, so, thank you. <laughs> uh, you know, things like, you know, um, nutrition. I'm plant based, by the way. I got into plant based um, to try and um, uh, reduce uh, joint inflammation. And I got off of arthritis meds in like three, three weeks. I haven't, haven't taken another. I don't have any joint pain at all. And so I never looked back. I'm, I'm vegetarian. So there's articles about that and articles about triathlon and running and that kind of thing. It's, I, it's a, just a nice place. But email me. Uh, we'll see where we go from there. Eh? Hopefully some of uh, Scott's tips and, you know, hearing his story and hearing what he, he had to overcome can be helpful for you. Those that are listening on the podcast, uh, thank you very much. And if this is an episode that you think others would benefit from, please share that out with them um, so they can they can get the help that they need. And thank you again, Scott, for taking the time uh, to share. And thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for all of you who listened uh, on Facebook, on the YouTube channel, or on our Spark You Training YouTube channel. Remember, every Monday night, 8 p.m., we go live within the Healthy Runner Facebook group. So keep us in mind in your schedule. Uh, we love when you jump on. We love when you ask questions. So thanks again, guys. Remember, stay active, stay healthy, and just keep running. Until next time. Hey, wait a minute. Just to let you guys know, much of what you heard on this episode is delivered live within our Healthy Runner free Facebook group. So head over to there to request to join our community in which you will have access to the video version of this episode and so many bonus features, including blog article references and YouTube video links, as well as me answering your specific running related questions. Also, we are closing in on 50 reviews on iTunes, which I am super pumped about given we're only six months into this podcast journey together. So to help me get there, the first thing you need to do is you have to subscribe to the sucker, whether it is Apple iTunes that you're listening to this or whatever platform you are on. The next thing is make sure you leave a review. I love to hear what you have to say, and I read all of them, and it means a lot to me. 
The last thing, guys, is take a screenshot of whatever episode you're listening to and put it on your stories on Instagram and tag me. That's at SparkYourTraining. If you do this, I will repost it so you'll get a bump, I'll get a bump, and most importantly, we will share this information with a lot more runners because that is the goal, guys. We want to get this information in front of as many runners as possible to help them be healthy and stay on the road doing what they love. So take a screenshot, share it on Instagram stories, and tag me in it. Let's try and get to 50 reviews on the podcast. Thanks for listening.